Something has changed within me. Something, Something is, is not the same. I'm through with playing by the rules of someone else's game. Mm. Mm. Well, hello, Mott's listeners. <laughs> we, <laughs> sorry, we just recorded an almost 30-minute golden <laughs> Patreon episode. My name is Steven Robles. My name is Nate Baranowski. And this is Movies on the Side. And I'm in a Starbucks parking lot. Nate is in a Starbucks parking lot, hotspotting off his phone. I am hiding in a closet. We just talked about the worst instruments for your kids to play and be bad at. That's right. We talked about freelance work. We talked about Nate's latest 3D painting. Stephen, how can people how can people listen to these Patreon episodes? Listener, you really want to hear this episode, this Patreon episode, and it is only available if you go to patreon.com slash movies on the side and you support the show with any amount. You get access to bonus episodes. We've been doing one a week. We've been pretty faithful. There's a lot of bonus content on there. Mm-hmm. There's even some condiment follow-up a couple weeks ago with the ketchup on a hot dog. A lot of good stuff there. Absolutely. And if you haven't gotten a shirt yet, listen, you want to represent that Mott's. I, got, I still got to get your shirt, Nate. I have it sitting right here. It's, it's literally in a drawer right, right near me. <laughs> just, just looking at you. But MottsFam.com, and you can get Mott's merch, like T-shirts and mugs, bags, all that good stuff. So I encourage you to check that out. And now. And <laughs> now, Nate recommended today's movie, which is the 2010 classic prince of persia no starring no no, Jake... no 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 wait what you got that title wrong my friend oh excuse me nate why don't you tell us the full title of today's movie oh i don't have it up this is your job okay you prince had one job of... <laughs> okay prince of persia colon the sands of time starring jake gyllenhaal <laughs> nate this movie got 37 percent critic score mm -hmm. on rotten mm -hmm. tomatoes mm -hmm. 58 percent on audience satisfaction much to discuss i had never seen this movie before oh, i'll be honest this was the first time for me this is great and i had no idea when those opening credits came up i had no idea this was a disney movie uh-huh this is a disney movie Nate. a disney movie that they expected to launch a franchise akin to pirates of the caribbean really yes well, that did not happen. I've done sure. a lot of research on this movie. <laughs> yes, this movie was a flop. Nate, this movie opens with not only a voiceover <laughs> mythological explanation, yes. but also text on the screen double. explaining more. A double. You, so one of those had to have come first, and then they said, oh, people still don't get it. <laughs> it is so strange. The movie starts with a boy character who later becomes Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's a street runner, thief-style, Aladdin-esque character right? who uh, steals and gets caught by the king's men, but whose life is spared because the king wants to take him in as his son. Because he sees like uh, a, a good heart, yes, a lot of character fighting off the bad guys to help his friend. Not until the day he witnessed a single act of courage by an orphan boy from the streets of Messiah. And then... They all grow up. And so Jake Gyllenhaal is now this adopted son, Prince of Persia, with his Persian family. There's, there's, a, Nate, there's a lot of explanation here. Right. Then title card goes in. Yeah, the Prince of Persia. A lot of stuff. 
Right. Nate, I'd like to put in right here, Accent Corner. All right, let's begin. You are the expert, so I'll defer to you, but it seemed to me that everyone in this movie was English and had a slightly British accent. Well, let's listen to a real small clip of the talking right now. Thoughts to share, Gassif. I ride at the head of the Persian army. Dastan leads a company of street rabble. They may not be much for manners, but they're pretty handy in a fight. The honor of first blood should be mine. That was something. (laughs) What that was, what we just heard, is, yes, English somewhat. A bit of a British accent. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think it is meant to be old-timey talk. Ah, yes. It is the type of, we are in the olden days. Okay, all right. And I don't know if this has a type of term, but in Hollywood, that's kind of what it is. It changes for everyone because everyone has their own vague, abstract definition of what everyone sounded back in the olden days. It's a difficult one to nail down, and I think it is the same for the actors. It's difficult for them to nail down because yes. it has to sound grand and epic. So everyone kind of gets a more British. You can't have like these hard American R's because it's definitely not that sound. Right, right. But everyone's speaking in English in a time where no one is speaking English. So you just kind of have to make it sound mm. older, which the British accent helps you because they came before us. So it right, gives right. us kind of an aged <laughs> feeling. Sure, sure. It can't be too like Cockney, like, oh, no, no, no. My no, name's not... a Prince of Persia. So it's, it's just m- much more proper and a much more yes. princess. Help yourself. Mm. So the other thing, Jake Gyllenhaal as a Persian prince, mm. I, I struggled the entire movie mm-hmm. to believe him as living in ancient times as a Persian person. How did you feel about that? This is great because I did a lot of research right before we recorded. It's sort of like cramming for like a Western Civ uh, yes, class. Yes. I did a bunch of research. Are you ready for this? Let's I'm ready. Let's sit down. Let's learn a little bit yes, together. I'm sitting. Let's Here's what I have determined or discovered. Yes. Don't ask questions because this is a an educational house of cards. Okay. <laughs> so Back in the Persian Empire, this is back in the days around like 450 BC. Okay. So the Persian Empire came, I think, right after like Babylon and Persia sort of existed simultaneously. Then like the Persian culture, like they took over the whole area. So this stretches from like where modern day India is all the way to Greece. And in this whole culture... The Persian people originated from what is modern day Iran. Okay. Iran? What is how do we how do we pronounce uh, this country? This is difficult. That's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Iran. Let's do that. Iran? Okay. Yeah, that's good. So Persia, modern day Iran. Iran. Oh man, this is gonna be like a, a Levi Levi sort of situation. <laughs> so this empire had so many ethnicities kind of brought into it okay chaldeans persians egyptians but the interesting thing is that where modern day iran is is by azerbaijan a modern day uh, armenia mm. it is by the caucasus mountains where we get the term caucasian so and a majority of iranian people iranian people would be classified in the quote-unquote white 
which is just we call things white. It's a very pr- improper, like ethnic. It's not specific at all. But a lot of the people in Iran would like be confused with a white person, an Anglo white person. Mm-hmm. So I, when I went into this movie thinking like, oh, they should shouldn't they be looking more like the Arab ethnicity? Like, shouldn't the look be a lot different? And then during my research, I had the feeling of like, wait a minute, maybe not. I still think it's weird. Yes. It's weird the, because even like a modern, I looked up like Iranian actors and like kind of that look. And there definitely are like blue eyed, okay, very light complexion Iranians. Huh. But there's also like a type of nose feature, like very kind of a, a thin, narrow bridge which is a very like a common look as well. So huh. all of this to say that when it comes to things like skin color, a majority of people would consider themselves having Persian blood ethnicity, that there is definitely a very light complexion that makes sense there. Okay. Now, none of the people, the, the issue with this movie <laughs> is that none of the people who acted in here have any iranian descent to them right so what you get is like alfred molina has a spanish and italian parent so but there's a little bit of a connection there to the mediterranean rim right jake gyllenhaal has i think some swedish his parents were like swedish he was he's a uh, jewish so there might be like right. an israeli tie in there ben kingsley has uh, indian parents so there's an india the princess is british so they're like circling around it but no one's actually from there yeah this is the end of my spiel okay here's what i wish they would have done i would have loved if they were to somehow write into the script that this guy has this boy is from like a greek island and he was a kind of transplanted to whatever this city was that they were in. And I'm fine with him like looking super what we would call like a very European white, you know, from Caucasus mountains sort of thing. Right, right. But I really wished his brothers all had a very Persian, like Iranian look. Right. Because then I would love the the dynamic of you look a little different from us. Mm-hmm. And like you're not from this exact region and you're because the Persian Empire encompassed all these ethnicities that would have been a fun thing to play with like oh we can tell you're not our brother because you don't look at us look like us Mm. the problem Mm. is none of these brothers or the king or anyone else in this royal household none of them looked the same because they just kind of plucked from different regions (laughs) i believe none of them were related no that is my spiel any thoughts sorry it was long no no thank you for that wonderful lecture on persian history my thought echoes what you have just said that I just I couldn't get into the time and place of this thing, especially when when Alfred Molina showed up as one of the like the ostrich race guy. Yep, the ostrich race. <laughs> My first thought was like, "Hey, it's Doctor Octopus." Like, "It's Doc Ock," but his his whole look and character, I, I I couldn't get into it until the very end when he actually sure. Well, we need to get into this, but but the um the knife throwing character, his name is Sesso, right. Played by a Toussaint from Barbados. Right. He's one of my favorite characters in this movie. Oh, he's great. And and I, I know this is jumping ahead, but my favorite scene is him getting the dagger. Oh, yeah. When he's in that like, oh, yeah. knife-throwing fight. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. There was that shot when he 
does the final run to the dagger and he he kills the other guy he nails him and they have this long pause on his face on his face face. yes and i just know like i know they're gonna pan down and he's gonna have a bunch of things piercing his chest and sure enough (laughs) they did but his last throw of the dagger like out the window to jake flung over his shoulder yes (laughs) oh it's so amazing lands right in the tree and then alfred molina says the one line that he's repeated the entire movie right in the heart of Sudan, there is a tribe of warriors known as the Mbaka. They strike fear into the hearts of all they cross. The Mbaka are masters of the throwing knife, wielding blades, said to have been blessed by the creator himself. You know, he really cared for this guy. That was the one moment where I was like, all right, Alfred Molina, I believe you right now. Right. But the rest of the time, I was like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> where's Spider-Man? We went from last week where I thought the casting was great yes. throughout Australia. Yes. For our last episode. The casting is so all over the place in this movie that no one feels like they're in the same world. I would have rather this be called the Prince of Tarragonia, just like fill in a random <laughs> mythical place. Yeah, yeah. A Prince of Atlantis and put this in a fictional world. Make this your own Middle Earth because... That would have been good. Right. It doesn't... There is no... I know that it's from a video game, but there's no like historicity at all to this movie. And I would have loved it to just be a, yeah. a fantasy world. Yeah. And it definitely felt, again, the fact that it was a Disney movie kept coming back in my mind because I was like, this does not feel like the level of a Disney movie. Yeah. Like maybe those weird Disney movies between Lion King and Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> but but just not like strange just strange the first battle scene when they're like uh charging that city alamet yes there's so many wacky camera movements and dizzying pans and zooms and a lot of the slow-mo that doesn't have enough frames to be smooth and so it's like that jerky slow-mo yeah it so it was very very strange but the diamond among the rough Yes. Climbing up a wall as people fire arrows into the stone so that Jake Gyllenhaal can climb up. That was pretty cool. I smile every time. And I've seen this movie three times. I smile every time I see that scene. <laughs> that, that was a pretty fun thing. And I was, you know, I enjoyed watching Jake Gyllenhaal do his uh, MacGyver, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible moves through the castle. That was cool. Yeah. Parkour your way around. Have you ever played the, the Prince of Persia video games at all? No. It's very, it's like Assassin's Creed before Assassin's Creed. Oh, I see. So it's a lot of these little wooden posts are sticking out of the wall and you do little oh, okay. flips around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, that. You kind of move your parkour. So like, that's a big thing. But like you said, the action in this, when it comes to like the sword fighting, didn't seem cool. Does that make sense? Right. The guy throwing the knives, those guys were cool. They were cool. For the most part, I had kind of a an early like Xena Warrior Princess vibe of like, all right, we just have to like clang your swords together, you extras, and let's right. just get through this scene. <laughs> the fight outside the cave, which is, you know, towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie, it felt like a choreograph rehearsal. Like a choreography rehearsal. Yes. It was like, are you guys doing this for real? Or are you guys right. like practicing? That's like what it, it felt like. It didn't feel like anyone was actually hitting the, like each other very hard. Yeah. They weren't like hitting their swords together very hard. Yeah, it was strange. It had kind of a, a Power Rangers episode kind of vibe Ooh, to it. That's a diss right there. Well. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. I, I get it. I agree. Yes, it did. It felt like a stunt run through. Right. That like, all right, well, when we do it, we're going to really like sell all of this a lot more. Right. And then the director was like, cut. We got it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the king figure, 
mm-hmm. is killed. Later, we understand by Ben Kingsley, because he's the actual bad guy. But he's killed Nate with a poisoned robe. He kind of like hotboxed him. Yeah, he was just kind of... <laughs> yeah, upon wearing, he gets burned to death. Right. Sizzled from the inside, sure. I did not understand what was happening as that scene I didn't believe he couldn't get out of that robe. That, and also, it took, what, like five minutes for it to start burning? Like, what right. was happening... F- you know, if it was really poison and supposedly Ben Kingsley burned his hands just handling it. Right. How come he was able to wear it for 10 minutes, like schmoozing everybody? And Well, on on third viewing, he did start acting uncomfortable. He was kind of shifting around in it a little early on okay. while he was wearing it. Okay. But yeah, it did seem like it. Then it came on. Yeah. Yeah. Late strange. and strong. Yes. So Jake Gyllenhaal is blamed because he gives his the king, his adopted father, this robe, and he flees with the princess. Right. Whose name is Tamina. Yes. And they they flee with the special dagger. We don't know what the special dagger does yet until they're out in the wilderness and he accidentally touches the hilt of the dagger and is able to go back in time for a minute. I like that effect. I was just just about to say, I like the dagger effects. Whenever the dagger is invoked, I think it looks pretty cool. I would have loved more dagger time traveling use. I was hoping. I was. I am bummed there wasn't more of it. The same. I was hoping for a lot more of that, especially because it was some of the best effects in the movie. And this is Disney. They have the money to spend on effects. Yeah. I think it would have been really cool to see more of that. And I was disappointed that there wasn't as much. I think they used it maybe like four times total. Yeah, and I will say they really did use it to great effect with when he finally confronts his brother at the end and is trying to convince him that it's a magic dagger. Right. And the brother touches the hilt and goes back in time himself. Like, that's a cool plot device. Like, I was down for that. Right. Beneath the streets of the city lies an ancient force, a container holding the fabled sands of time. Bazan wishes to use it to corrupt history. He wants to turn back time and make himself king. <laughs> sands of time. I wanted just to, to ask, how does that magic dagger work? Is it one of those things where you press the button and you kind of hold till you're ready to stop rewinding? Or is it kind of a, the dagger knows how long back you really need to go? I assumed it was you hold it until you're done and then it stops. But then they also say that it only holds enough sand for a minute of time minute. travel. And they use about, I did some research on this, they use it at about like, 30 seconds a piece. So it's kind of a two time and then you're out of sand. Gotcha. That adds up to your minute. And then Princess Tamina chooses the tiniest locket on which to hold the magic sand. You need more of that sand. If you have, which we find out later, is like a 200 foot giant hourglass thing. Stalagmite? I would definitely keep like a good sand bucket. Absolutely. Amount. Bags of it. I mean, I guess you're supposed to protect it so that it's not can't be used, right? Oh, yeah, I guess. That's true. Which That's in that true. case, I don't know why they didn't just like throw it down the pit. Instead, they have it in like a really disp- like a display case. Like, right. If you want to protect something from ever being used, don't like put it in like a really ornate thing at the center like as your prized possession. Right. <laughs> you got to hide that thing. Yeah. What did you think, since we're talking about Princess Tamina, mm-hmm. also she reminded me some of Rachel Weisz. In, uh, from the yeah, mother. you're right. She kind of reminded me of that. But what did you think about the romance corner mm. between her and Jake Gyllenhaal? On third viewing, this time around, 
not as strong as I remembered, but they like I don't really believe their quippiness very much. No. When they're kind of digging at each other and giving a little like you're such a kind prince and he's like, "Oh, well, you're such a lovely princess." And they're kind of like right. Han Solo <laughs> princess laying it. I didn't believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they had every once in a while they had kind of sweet moments about like yeah. I believed that. Jumping to the end of the movie, that was the best part of the romance corner was after it, this all resolved right and they meet each other over again and he's like i'm excited to like get to know you better princess yes i i believe they will have a good relationship going forward yes they almost kiss 25 times in this movie oh yes disney stop it i don't want (laughs) to see people bring their lips a half inch from each other like oh this is great this is what everyone comes to see is people almost kiss a thousand times in a movie (laughs) just either stop trying to kiss each other or kiss each other fast (laughs) that's mm. film paper by nate barnett i don't like it that's fine i I understand it's like every time you go in super slow and the music swells i was like all right so someone's about to come in and you're like oh will they won't they we'll save this kiss for the end yeah did they ever kiss i don't know I thought they kissed at the they same. They kissed one time. They kissed one time, for sure. And the music swelled, and the oboe played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm starting to think I'm no longer the same man who breached those walls. That's a short time for a man to change so much. Perhaps. What did you think about Romance Corner? It was hard for me to get into it. You know, I think she did a better job of just throughout the entirety of it. Even Jake Gyllenhaal at the end seemed kind of goofy. So I was like, eh. oh, it was okay. Like, yeah, I, I appreciated the over and over of, I know she's going to trick him. He needs to stop letting his guard down. I did enjoy that. But he lets his guard yeah. down. Yeah. And then she, she takes advantage of him again and again. So, you know, I thought that was interesting. She played dead that one time. Like, I was like, okay, I believe that. I think she did a good job. Yeah. Again, I think it was still Jake Gyllenhaal with that long hair. <laughs> it was hard for me to believe anything he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially let's go romance. to jake gyllenhaal for a second the guy put on like i think it was 20 pounds of muscle i read in the trivia section so the guy bulked up for this yes although he had like action hero bod and because he had just like the, the the sleeveless shirt on the whole time it was really tough for me to get he still kind of has and i say this he is more attractive than i will ever be but there is a bit of dopiness to jake gyllenhaal no matter how actiony his he has kind of sad eyes yeah and it was just hard for me to get really feel like he's cool parkour like from the streets aladdin like figure yeah i agree he's got doughy eyes not 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 sad yes. eyes doughy yeah i mean that like doe-eyed not yeah, yeah. doe boy d-o-e d-o-e yeah. <laughs> i liked ben kingsley i believed him as a bad guy See, I'm going to disagree with you there. You didn't like him? I love Ben King. I love Ben Kingsley and everything he has ever done for the most part. Yeah. I felt like Ben Ben Kingsley did not want to be in this movie. There was something about his performance yeah. that made me feel like he knew what he was in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounded by white people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. I did immediately think, "Oh, this guy's the bad guy." As soon as he, as soon as Oh he was yeah, on screen, there is no you know. subtlety to that. But uh, I thought he was all right. I liked the creepy snake people. Mm-hmm. I thought they were a good plot device. There's a scene where the snakes attack the group and the dagger is invoked by Jake Gyllenhaal. That was a fun the scene. The snakes going under the sand was fun. 
Yes. A lot, uh, those guys snake are cool. Snake usage was good. Yes, those guys are cool. The main snake leader guy's death was a little comical. Oh, yeah. Because he has Jake Gyllenhaal against the wall, and then, and then the princess kind of just like pushes him down, and he gives like a Wilhelm scream as he's going down. <laughs> that was a little humorous, and... You know, they made, they built him up to be pretty dramatic, and I was like, oh, don't make him go out like that. But right, but I like that group. The, that group of guys was was uh, pretty cool. Let's talk about the brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did not look related at all? Not at all. I'm going to say something that's a bit controversial. Yes, I liked them. I cared hmm. so much that they knew that Jake Gyllenhaal was innocent. Like, yeah, I think there that is for some reason. And I don't know why it works. It shouldn't work. But it was so like the the fact that they think that he killed their father, but they have like this brotherly bond. Right. And the, like when the one brother dies, but he like fights side by side with him. And then the other brother where Jake Gyllenhaal does the stabs himself to show that this is all real. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love this part of the movie. I love the brothers. I want them to be best friends. <laughs> I want them to like embrace jake gyllenhaal and their strength is in their teamwork what did you think yeah i agree i especially liked the older brother Mm -hmm. you know who became king i really liked him he reminded me of sean bean from the lord of the rings the Mm -hmm. first movie Mm -hmm. the boromir he he reminded me of that kind of respectful honorful kind of king character and i was really glad that he believed jake gyllenhaal at the end scene yep so i was i was down for that relationship for sure Alfred Molina loved being in this movie. Like, I could tell. I mean, he gave it his all. He was, yeah, he was all charactered out. Yeah. Uh, a big miss in Prince of Persia, in the Sands of Time, mm. that our heroes never rode an ostrich. Oh. If you're going to put ostriches in a movie and you're going to have an ostrich race, why, why, Stephen, do you not escape riding an ostrich? Can you ride an ostrich? Is an ostrich able to be ridden? People, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I know this because I saw this in the old Swiss Family Robinson movie. Oh, okay. And in this movie, in the ostrich races, people were riding the ostriches. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that would have been fun. They should have rode an ostrich. I agree. Yes. Behold the mighty ostrich. <laughs> My final thought, and then you could give me your any final thoughts, but after this movie ends, we get another title card with more text because <laughs> it's meant to all circle around it's meant to be cyclical i did an audible eye roll and i said just end the movie stop putting text on the screen we got plenty of mythology this whole time that's enough that's all i had to say i had a lot of questions about the whole stabbing this knife into hourglass oh yeah yeah we talk a lot about time travel in this podcast yes we do so if uh, do you tell me if this is correct if i got this right when you stab the dagger into the giant hourglass, you release the sands of time. Right. And the sands are, are like the symbolism of like the destruction of the world. And the mythos there is that some girl sacrificed herself so that the world would not be destroyed by these sands. And if you use a little bit, that's fine. But if you stab into the hourglass, you are releasing it ad nauseum and if you do that then the sands will create a giant cataclysmic event unless you pull it back out of the hourglass yeah it felt like it was a little too easily undone right when they were telling the story it made it seem like if you do this it's over right you know the world is gone 
Like, if Ben Kingsley was by himself, no Jake Gyllenhaal there, if he was just, because he's planning to go back and not save his brother, the king, so he can be king. Right. That was his plan, to go back like 20 or 40 years or whatever. Right, right. If he was there by himself, would he have brought destruction on, or would he have just pulled it out right at the right time? Very unclear. Okay. Very unclear. Because the world was getting destroyed while they had, like, we saw scenes of, like, a city getting rum chatted by a, a big sandstorm yeah i i didn't understand that i mean i get it i guess jake gyllenhaal pressed the bottom of the dagger and thus time went backwards but it was strange it was a little strange i liked them both going back together though and they both had to convince trying to convince the brother but i don't think ben kingsley had the knowledge that he went back in time oh yeah he did didn't he are you sure yeah i think so i thought because of the things Jake Gyllenhaal was saying, like there's no armory here and there's no this. Oh, that Ben Kingsley was catching on to the fact Jake Gyllenhaal knew the truth, and that's why oh. he started like getting mad and then tried to stab him. But I don't, I don't think Ben Kingsley at the end in the ending scenes had all the knowledge from the rest of the movie. Oh, you thought that was Jake, just Jake Gyllenhaal? Okay, I, I see that because Ben Kingsley was doing all the same things he did. In the f- when the f- scenes happened the first time, the right? You would have thought he would have changed his course more quickly to like stop Jake Gyllenhaal before he blew up his right. Spot. Which again, I feel like breaks that time travel thing because they were both holding the dagger. It, it's unclear because maybe it's because Jake Gyllenhaal touched the very top of the dagger that that button thing. But I think it's clear that Ben Kingsley did not have the knowledge of the whole movie oh, okay. in those ending scenes. Okay. I thought that was the impression I got. It, here are the changes I would make. Like I would see this movie again, like a, a retry. Yes. I would see this movie again. Yes. Nope. Like I love the parkour. I would love to see better action. I love time travel. You put it all together. Like this movie could be really good. Yes. You get like actually an Iranian actor in there. As yes. the Prince of Persia, perhaps. <laughs> right. Something that I, I always love is at the end of the movie, there's a nod to someone knowing that, like, oh, like you went through this whole movie. For example. Yes. At the end of National Treasure, which I just watched last night, <laughs> Sean Bean gets arrested. He's the bad guy. And he looks up while he's getting handcuffed next to a cop car. And Nicolas Cage walks out of a door frame oh, like, yeah, yeah. across the the street and sean being like gives him the look like ah oh, you got me right like right i see that you figured it out that sort of thing in this movie i wish the he had said something to the princess about the time traveling dagger yeah so that she had the knowledge of like oh you used it you've done all this before right i would have liked her to get some sort of indication from him like i know about the time travel I feel like she got it a little bit. Did she? Because she, you know, she was super cold when they were like, "Hey, you get to marry Jake Gyllenhaal." She was like, "Whatever." But then Jake Gyllenhaal started saying some things, alluding to the fact that like he has known her before, and she seemed to start. Oh, he believing did say him. that something about time being like, yeah, maybe I'm a different man than when I came in here or something. They snuck a couple things in, but yeah, I could have liked more of it. I would have liked more of like when he hands her back the dagger, be like, yeah. It's Maybe all, she does. I, I used all the sand. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe she does like an eye squint, and it kind of 
signals the viewer that like she's thinking, oh, this, right? You know, he's used this thing. Something. I, I really it. wish if you go back in time using the dagger, shouldn't the sands of time be back in that dagger from when you used it before? You would think. Or is the the sands outside time? I understand. Oh, uh, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Well, let's rate this movie on a scale of zero to five sand lockets. Mm. The tiniest locket ever to hold an amount of sand. I'm going to go first. Oh, yes, please. I'm going to give this movie two and a half minuscule sand lockets. Yeah. I can't stop wanting to rewatch this movie. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this. I realize that it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. The action's not sure. great. The whole thing's kind of dopey. And it was a big flop. Yes. But if you told me right now, we're going to watch Prince of Persia today, I would not be sad. Like, I would seriously watch this movie again. <laughs> You'd be okay. And I think that's just, there's something broken inside of me. I get it. I that get that's it. why. I don't know. I don't know why. It's legitimately a two and a half. But as far as rewatchability, I'd give it like a three and a half or a four. I, I totally get that. It's, it's like the core for me. It's in, it's in the Sahara world yeah, for me yeah, yeah. in rewatchability. It's a guilty pleasure watch for me. I will echo your exact rating. I was thinking two and a half. If you have stars and you want to see this movie, great. I think it is kind of a fun, it has fun parts. I, you know, there's a couple of fun characters. Jake Gyllenhaal is still kind of unbelievable in this role, but I didn't hate it. I just. Did you have any fun watching it though? Like, did you get any like, ah, this is a fun movie experience or was it mostly a chore for you? Yeah, some of those scenes I was into. Again, when I saw this, the dagger special effect, I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Like, let's see more of that. And like the crazy snake bad guy people, I was like, oh, yeah, like I can't wait for the fight. The guy who them. shoots the metal spikes. Yeah, and the dad, like thrower. the, yeah, the knife thrower and metal spike, that fight scene. I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I'm, you know, so I think there were fun moments for sure, but it's definitely not a great movie. I think it's a solid two and a half. Mm-hmm. But anyway, listener, tell us what you think. Comment on the Instagram post that goes up. You can follow us everywhere at Movies on the Side. And if you have not yet, rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts and uh, tell us what kind of top fives you want to do because, again, we have, uh, we have skipped a top five. Nate, how are you doing? Well, Stephen, thanks for asking. I'm here on the ground in Effingham, Illinois, uh, parked just beyond the Wi-Fi of a local Starbucks. Uh, I tried backing my car a little closer to the building, but it seems the Wi-Fi is a little spotty out here, so I moved to a mobile hotspot. Uh, thanks for asking. Do you have any questions for me on the ground here? <laughs> 